Kijken! Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 76 of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life and my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. We out here ranking the most uh, important position ever, right, Josiah? In three point tight end premium leagues. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we are going to be doing our tight end rankings for Dynasty this week. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a it's it's deeper than it has been in year. Like I honestly think it's deeper this year than last year, but that still doesn't mean it's deep. I mean, especially compared to other positions. So, you know, I still think it's really important to snag one of these like top five or six guys um, at all costs. And if you don't really. It, for me, I'm just punning. I'm not going to get one of these mid-tier guys for the most part this year. That's the way I'm approaching the position from a drafting standpoint. But uh, would you agree with that? Or do you, are you, would you be willing to go for some of these mid-tier guys if you did miss out on, on the big guys? Uh, if I did miss out, but I normally don't because I, I like to secure a good tight end, uh, especially in tight end premium leagues. I really would like to get one of the, these top guys because it can be a game changer. And uh, then, yeah, just just get a couple depth guys later on. So, yeah, I like to secure one of the top five or six guys for sure. Yeah, and maybe for some of these guys, I mean, we don't have to do it all the way down the list, but we can kind of add a dynamic of this of like where you'd be willing to draft them uh, just because, you know, there, there is going to be less guys to talk about. So that'll give us uh, something to talk about there. And also we are going to have a little bonus question, bonus topic at the end of this episode just to try to give you guys, you know, around the same amount of content that we normally do every week. So, um, yeah, we're going to we're gonna get into um, some players that we are low on, but that we feel like we could be wrong about. So some people that are kind of, we're scared of where we have them ranked, but we got them ranked for a reason that way, and we will talk about that. So that'll be a fun topic, but we're going to start out with these tight ends. Uh, any news you want to cover before we hop into that, Mr. Nate? Uh, yeah, not a whole lot, but one big piece of news is Mr. Terry McLaurin got paid a three-year, $71 million extension with the Washington Commanders. I think it's the most, like, guaranteed money in a single season for, like, a wide receiver ever, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, clearly shows how, how much he's valued. Um, you know, I do wish he was in a better situation, better quarterback, better organization, but... Uh, you know, he, he's still going to produce well for you, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, so, you know, last week we were getting, we got into our wide receiver rankings and we had a pretty big gap there. I think if I remember correctly, you had him at 24 and I had him at 14. So we had a big, big spot. Is that right? Is that where you have him? Yep. Yep. So, uh, so we had a, we had a big gap there. So uh, yeah, it definitely makes me feel a little bit better about where I have him. I mean, I, I did mention last week, if he didn't get signed, I'd be happy for him to go to another team, but the amount he got signed for, I mean, clearly this is a huge contract. It's right up there with, I mean, it's a couple million dollars less overall than the, you know, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill deals. But, uh, you know, for a three years time length, it's uh, right up there with those guys. So I think they're really going to try to feature him again. I think the Carson Wentz 
addition is an upgrade compared to what he's had in his first three years. So I'm very excited about him. Would you be willing to bump him up at all after this news? Or are you still kind of, you know, down there, uh, 24 low end wide receiver too? Uh, same spot. It doesn't really move the needle for me one way or the other. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but yeah, it definitely makes me feel a little bit better about, about uh, my end of that ranking, but you know, the, the, the truth of it will probably be somewhere in the middle, but we will see. We will see. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into these tight ends. I don't think there's really much else to talk about news wise. We know it's the slowest time of the year for the NFL news cycle. The only other bit of news is that Adrian Peterson is going to fight Le'Veon Bell in July. So I don't know where that's going to be on, but apparently they've agreed to it. So 37-year-old AP will fight 30-year-old Le'Veon. And uh, why is this a thing? And my money is on Peterson. How about you? Well, it's because we're living in a dystopia. That's why this is a thing. But uh, <laughs> and they probably want money. But yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. So, uh, you know, if that's your thing, something to get excited about, I guess. Uh, so, but yeah, clearly a lack of news if that's what we're talking about. So we'll get into these tight ends here. Um, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to go by threes or you want to go by one? I know this is great podcasting, deciding it on air, but now you guys get to see well, behind well, for, the behind for, the scenes. For consistency's sake, we'll go by threes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought you know maybe because there's less guys, but the, the yeah. world needs a little stability right now, so we'll we'll keep it the same. Sounds good. So yeah, we'll cover you know maybe 15, 20 of these guys. We'll see once we get rolling. But uh, all right, let's do it. So my top three is gonna be. A nice top three. Number one is coming in, Mr. Kyle Pitts. I've seen arguments against Kyle Pitts. I understand them, but this is dynasty. And even though Mark Andrews, who is my number two, is likely going to have a better season this this year, maybe even next year, this is dynasty. And there is a five or six year age difference up. Five year age, five and a half year age difference between them. So, uh, you know, that does matter. That's a lot of time. And Kyle Pitts is an absolute just unicorn of an athlete and of a prospect. And we've talked about this extensively throughout our 75 shows prior to this. But, uh, you know, I think Kyle Pitts is the guy to get. I know Drake London, some people think that that's somehow bad for Kyle Pitts. I think that's great for Kyle Pitts because he's had nothing. I mean, he did have Calvin Ridley for a couple of games last year, but for the most part, you know, didn't really have anybody to take any attention off of him. So I think it's going to be great for him. And we just got to get a somewhat usable quarterback, which we don't currently have at the the Atlanta Falcons, but uh, you know, at least maybe they can dump the ball off over the middle to Mr. Pitts. So uh, number one, Kyle Pitts, number two, Mark Andrews. I'm really high on Mark Andrews. I've drafted him twice this year already in startups. Oh, as far as where I take these guys, I've taken Kyle Pitts as high as the 110. Um, You know, I think, Higher than that gets a little sketchy just because I typically like to go quarterback there. But if one of my t- if my top like seven quarterbacks are gone, I'm usually willing to pull the trigger um, on him as the next player after that. I mean, I might take JT over him in some builds, but I think there's what's really nice about Kyle Pitts and Dynasty is it's it's doesn't depend on your build. You know, if you're win now, if you're if you're building for the long term, you can use them either way. So I do like getting them at the end of the first there. And if you can get them anywhere in the second, that's gold to me. And uh with Mr. Mark Andrews, I'm taking him about in the mid range of the second. I think I've gotten him at like the 208 around that area both times I've drafted him. So 
Um, you know, I think he's going to be a killer for this year. And if you are specifically going in win now and redraft rankings, I am going to have Mark Andrews higher. So, you know, from that perspective, I understand that argument completely. Coming in at number three, this is where it gets dicey, gets a little bit tricky. There's a couple of guys I think you can make an argument here for, but I'm still sticking with Mr. George Kittle. I think, uh, you know, when you factor in the age, I still think he's, uh, you know, I think the guys left, they're all somewhere around each other as far as talent and athleticism. Uh, But, you know, Kittle's the youngest of them. And, uh, you know, I still really like Lance and Kittle's one person I'm not worried about and taking any kind of drop with Lance, especially last year, Garoppolo didn't target him very consistently. And, you know, obviously he's made, had good games with Garoppolo in the past, but I do think that that's going to be a really nice safety valve uh, for, for Mr. Trey Lance to have. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about him this year. I think in the future it'd only get better. And, you know, he still has plenty of time to be an elite tight end in the league. Um, you know, so uh, what is he? 27, 28. So, um, you know, um, only a year or two younger than some of these other guys. Uh, so I understand an argument against that, but still believing in Mr. Kittle and don't think that Trey Lance is going to hurt his value whatsoever. So, um, and obviously the games he did have last year were, comp- uh, you know, complete game winners. He had some 40, 45 point uh, fantasy point games. So, uh, you know, that kind of upside is, is rare though. I think there are still some of these other guys that you can make that argument for as well, but one, two, and three, Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Nate, who do you got? Uh, yeah, yeah. Similar, but not exactly. Um, number one is Pitts. This should be there should be no argument here whatsoever. Uh, he is five, over five years younger than Mark Andrews. He, if you compare his rookie year to Mark Andrews, it's not even close. And his situation is only getting better from here. So yeah, the air is all up for Pitts, and athletically, he's just superior than everyone else on this list. Um, so yeah, he's he's easily the number one. I mean, he's still, to my knowledge, uh, at least of all the relevant guys, the youngest tight end in the league. Uh, let me sort that real quick. But I mean, yeah, he's. Uh, I'll have to check the rookies, but I mean, he is twenty one point seven years old at the moment. So even this rookie class was a pretty old rookie class. For yeah. The time. So uh, so yeah, I think that would. Still yeah, help. like I know he's younger than Trey McBride for sure, and he's oh, McBride's our number one rookie from this class. I know so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Pitts is the man. He's he's going to be elite for a really long time. Uh, next up for me is Mr. Mark Andrews. He was the tight end one last year in points per game and overall scoring. Uh, obviously, breakout year for him. I mean, he didn't have a thousand yard year before this last year, and then he exploded for over thirteen hundred yards. Um, I do think that is going to come down a little bit this year from every indication we've gotten. The Ravens seem like they're going to go back to the run heavy approach they had in years past. Seems like the reason they went more pass heavy this last year is because their running back room got decimated with injuries. So they kind of had to call an audible and do that for the year. But so I do actually expect even with Hollywood Brown leaving, I expect Mark Andrews um, target share to or maybe not target share, but total targets and receptions to go down. Um, I mean, the prior to 2021, Lamar had never had a thousand yard receiver any in any of his prior years. Um, 2021 was the first year, so it's debatable whether Andrews will even see a thousand plus yards, but I, I think he'll probably get there. But, um, I, I do think he'll regress just a little bit. Number three for me is TJ Hawkinson. 
this guy is incredibly athletic. I think he's still in a good situation. Um, last year, he was tied in seven in points per game. He was banged up. I think he only paid 12 games, so it wasn't as good in total scoring. But uh, tied in seven, he still has plenty of upside. Uh, his quarterback situation can get better, even with just Jared, Jared Goff having a second year there and having better weapons around him, I think is going to actually help Hawkinson. And uh, I mean, the year before he was tied in five overall in 2020. So he's already proven that he can be a top five tight end. He's still very young. He's 25 years old. Um, so he's a good bit. He's like um, oh, nearly four years younger than George Kittle is. So uh, just that age and, you know, the fact that he's kind of coming into his prime now, I'm going to take Hawkinson here at number three. Wow. That's a little surprising to me, but I like the take. I don't, don't, think it's a bad one um yeah most people don't have him ranked that high but you know fair enough yeah i mean he's finished as a top top five tight end last year wasn't as good due to injury but where'd you say finished in points per game you said tight uh, end seven seven yeah so that's you know obviously very talented young guy i do think you know just it's hard i'm a monroe st round st brown believer uh, but you know there's just so many receiving weapons in that offense now that it is hard in my mind to figure out who's going to be dependable game to game. And maybe that will be Hawkinson. You know, I don't, I don't know, but that that's the only pushback I'd say is I'm a little bit uneasy on who is going to be a real usable. Cause I still don't, I mean, are they still going to be one of the top offenses in the NFL? Probably not. So I don't know that all of those guys will get to eat on a consistent basis. Um, you know, that being Williams, which he'll be out for the first couple of weeks. It looks mm-hmm. like um, Amon Ra uh Hawkinson and of course Swift in the backfield as well so but uh but yeah I mean you know clearly you 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 have a lot better uh, feelings about them game to game and obviously looking forward you know after this season yeah no I feel pretty strongly about putting Hawk up there cool um I guess I'll take the first wave of analysis on the next three yeah um so we will start off at number four with Mr. Darren Waller I love that he is kind of the forgotten man. You can get him for a lot cheaper than you should in a lot of drafts. This is a guy that is has proven himself as a top tight end in year, years past. I'm about to look up what he was in a 2020 in total scoring. But um, this last year, you know, obviously he was banged up with injury, even the games he was in, he struggled in. But yeah, I mean, he was the tight end number two in 2020, and he was only behind Travis Kelsey's like historic season. Um, but yeah, in 2020, he had nearly 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns uh so yeah he's he's proven himself as a top commodity he's still relatively uh i won't say young but you know compared to travis kelsey he does give you a few more years he's um 29 right now he'll be turning 30 in um in uh september but the thing about him is like he didn't really get started until later in his career so he doesn't have nearly the mileage on him that tight ends at his age normally do so i think he still has a lot of time left and now he has Devonte adams taking away coverages uh so i i think those two are going to eat together in that offense so um darren waller i put at number four george kittle uh comes in at number five he's actually a little bit younger than waller but i think he has a, a not as good quarterback situation especially from a fantasy perspective like lance is more liable to take off and run with it um, compared to Derek Carr. Um, so, and Carr has proven himself as like being able to put up some really good passing seasons as well. And he's, you know, shown it with Waller. But uh, Kittle has also shown that he's uh, can put together some amazing tight end seasons. He's had a tight end one season, I believe in 2019. 
but he's he's a beast. The problem is like the way he plays is he's so physical that it really does take a toll on his body. So I don't I don't see him aging quite as well. I mean, even compared to Travis Kelsey, like Kelsey, he tends to like not take direct contact as much and like kind of glide off guys and make them miss in space and use speed. Um, Kittle just is prefer to like run you over. And he's also a vicious blocker, which is awesome from a football perspective, but doesn't gain you anything in fantasy. And it's, it's worn him out a little bit in my opinion. So uh, that is my concern with Kittle. Also, I'm not the biggest, biggest Trey Lance fan. So that uh, does drop him a little bit for me, but he's still a top five startup tight end in my opinion. And then just following number six, I hate putting him here. And if you're in, in a win now, that's a great position to get up Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, I mean, this guy is still a monster. He's probably going to finish as a top three tight end again this year, uh, especially with Tra- uh, Tyreek Hill leaving the building. He's going to absorb a lot of targets from Mahomes. And yeah, he's, I still think he has enough gas left in the tank to put up a really good season. So um, the problem is, is he's just getting up there in age. He's, um, he'll turn 33 in October. So just, um, yeah, you know, he, he could be one of those guys that is a good tight end and fantasy relevant at like 35 years old, but um, those guys are a little bit more rare and he is rare, but um, you know, it, I definitely think it's going to be a little bit of a downward trajectory from here on out for him. But like I said, great win now piece. So I can't put him any further than number six. Yeah. Uh, don't disagree with any of that, what you said, uh, real well, we'll do this after I go over it. Cause we got some similar names here. We could both talk about where we draft, uh, the, the this tier mm. of guys. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, so for me, uh, similar names, a little bit different orders. Uh, so at number four, um, I do have Darren Waller, um, coming in. Uh, a couple years younger than Kelsey. I, I agree with everything you said there, I think, but you had Waller. No, you had him at four too, right? Mm, yep. Right, right. So yeah, we have him in the same place there. Um, I, the Devonte Adams edition, you know, might make it so that he's not the number one target anymore. Like he has been. In fact, I would venture to say it does make it that he's not going to be the number one target like he has been. Uh, but I still think there's plenty of room for him. You know, obviously after the Henry Ruggs incident, it was pretty much just Renfro and him. So, uh, you know, I think Renfro is going to lose a little, you know, Renfro finishes like a top 15 receiver, uh, mm-hmm. this, this year. So I don't think that's quite going to happen for him. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, I don't think Darren Waller will be hurt too much, but we will see. I do think there's a little bit of uncertainty there, um, which causes me to consider to put, Travis Kelsey at number five above him. Um, but, uh, you know, I, Darren Wallace is just going to edge him out. Yeah. Kelsey being 33 this season, is just a little bit scary for me. I think that the reason why, uh, I, I don't like taking him is because I feel like I need to draft like a young, like back end tight end one, uh, like, and take another somewhat early pick on a tight end to like back him up for when he's gone, you know? So, so it's a little bit tricky as far as strategy to draft him, but yeah, like you said, if you're win now, he's probably jumping up to my tight end two, maybe uh, tight end two or three. I mean, this this year is going to be a fantastic year for him if he stays healthy, because I think he'll have a chance to really be that undisputed number one target. You know, they brought in guys like Marquise Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith Schuster, which I think are capable guys, but. It's not going to, you know, their targets are not going to, well, they might add up to equal Ty- Tyree kill. So, you know, maybe you could make that argument, but I still think that like in the red zone situations and scoring situations, Tyree kill is going to be, I mean, I'm sorry, 
Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy that, that benefits from Tyreek Hill leaving. So, uh, so I have him at five and then at number six, I have TJ Hawkinson. So we, I think we, well, we almost have Kittle and Hawkinson switch. So yeah, I still think he's very good. I'm just not quite as certain about that offense. And, you know, I would argue that nothing he's shown us is equal to what any of the five guys I have above him, what the upside they've all already shown us. So I know like, you know, his, his, he did have that, tight end five season but you know like being a top two or three tight end especially with as many points separated of guys like uh, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller have had in years past uh, you know I think that's what makes me just the known upside I know that TJ Hackinson has upside I just don't know if he can break into that top three territory so I think that's why I have him at six just because those five guys above him I think all have a chance to in the next two or three years be in that top top three territory so uh, yeah for me that is my rankings. And so, yeah, let's talk about where we would draft these guys. So uh, we both have Waller at four. Um, so for me, like my, my tight end three, three, I mentioned what I do with Pitts and Andrews. And if you want to touch on that, you can, uh, but for uh, George Kittle, he's probably about a round separated for me for, for Mark Andrews. So I'm probably getting George Kittle in the middle of the third and uh, Darren Waller after that. It's tough. I think there's a little a significant gap there for me, like probably f- mid mid fourth probably another another big gap tier but then you know i think travis kelsey's pretty much right behind him and maybe tj hawkinson for me would be the end of the fourth beginning of the fifth so that that kind of four or five round uh territory is where i'm where i'm looking at these four through six range of guys but uh do you are do you feel different about any of them higher or lower than than any of your your guy your tiers there yeah, I hadn't um, put a ton of thought in this, except like I know Pitts I would take at the end of the first for sure. Um, uh-huh. Maybe in even at like the eight or nine spot in, in a tight end premium league. Um, Mark Andrews, I'd take probably mid, late, for, late second, that kind of area. Um, TJ Hawkinson, probably early third round, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Um, Darren Waller, I'd probably take in the late third, early fourth, uh, Kittle, mid fourth. Kelsey late fourth, mid fourth, you know, those, those guys are fairly close. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. 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 So, similar for me. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like our biggest gap there is just how we feel about Kittle and Hawkinson. You saying he's at the end of the third and me saying I draft Hawkinson more in the fifth. So, hmm. uh, you know, that that's probably the biggest gap for us. And so we'll have to keep an eye on how that progresses, but mm-hmm. uh, all right. So, I guess it's me that gets the next round of these guys here. You're up. And this is already where it starts getting kind of like, ugh, for me. Like, I mean, it's fine. If you got to get one of these guys and you can get them at somewhat of a value, it's fine. But there really is a huge gap, uh, you know, for me with, with, with the first six guys we talked about. So tear break. And then number seven for me is Mr. Dallas Goddard. It gets a little bit tricky with the arrival of, of AJ Brown of how many targets can go around to AJ and Devonte and now Dallas Goddard, but he's shown some serious upside. I mean, uh, last year, let's, let's uh, look at these dominant games he had. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're, we're loading. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, so, wow, he actually, was it another season? I thought he had like a 40-point game. Uh, oh, but boy. Yeah, 
yeah expectations well, he, are getting shattered yeah yeah well he did have a couple of 20 point games okay so still had some good upside but yeah for some reason i was thinking he had like a 40 point breakout game but all right well that wasn't this guy but he, <laughs> he can uh he has shown some serious ability he had some high draft capital i'm starting to kind of not be as high on him as i once was but you know i really did think he was the next guy last year to break into this tier of elite tight ends he didn't really do it um but you know maybe you'll have a better chance if the Eagles have a better offense overall this year. Um, at number eight, I have Pat Fryermuth. So our second rookie tight end from last year's class comes in. Uh, he really showed out last year. I mean, he was, I mean, part of it was Big Ben couldn't throw further than where Fryermuth's routes were. But, um, you know, it's, it, it was really, he, he, he played very well with a touchdown machine for them in the red zone. Uh, you know, he had almost 500 yards and I know that's not like jump off the page, but for a rookie tight end. And I know we were talking about pits in the same class, so it kind of skews our train of thought, but that's still very, very impressive and seven touchdowns. That's crazy on 60 receptions. That's an over 10% touchdown rate. So he was clearly like a red zone hoss. And I think he'll have a chance to expand that this year. Now, this is another team with a lot of weapons. It's kind of hard to see where they get diced up. And honestly, all three guys in this tier for me are in situations like that where they're talented, but there's more talented guys at receiver around them. So it's hard to know when they're going to be dependable, but, you know, still have that opportunity maybe to break into, you know, top five tight ends. Uh, I think Fryermuth is about the end of that tier for me. And then at nine, we got one more guy who, uh, like I said, it's all very similar in this tier who got added an elite weapon this year. And uh, it's Mike Gesicki coming in at nine. So he had a real rough start to the season, but he managed to pull it together and ended up having a very nice season, finished at tight end eight, had 73 receptions, uh, 780 yards. He was a little bit lacking on the touchdowns. He only had two. So that was the reason why he really didn't dominate. But as far as like that, that opportunity, uh, that it was pretty much him and Jalen Waddle. Now, we got Tyreek Hill. So what's going to happen? I don't know. It's going to be hard to say, but I still think he's shown he has the talent. And, you know, for several years, he's shown that he's a very athletic tight end and can really do a lot with the ball in his hands. That's one thing that I'll say about him that I can't say for Fryermuth um, is that he really does a lot with the ball in his hands. And so there's not many guys, a lot of these guys coming down after this tier, it's kind of just, they catch the ball and they they're not going to do much after that. And I think Mike Gesicki is an exception to that. So if nothing else, you can, you know, get some added fantasy point value by that yard after catch, even if the touchdowns aren't happening uh, as much as some other tight ends. Yep. Well, well, we do have some differences here, which I, I like, but yeah. Uh, yeah, a guy I have at number seven, I don't believe you mentioned Mr. Dalton Schultz hmm. playing for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's still he only turns uh, 26 this July, so still very young. And in this last year, he was tight in five in points per game and tight in three overall. And it wasn't I mean, he had a good bit of touchdowns. I believe he had eight. So a lot of people are expecting, oh, he may have some regression there, which that's kind of in doubt with Mari Cooper leaving. Um, but yeah, he was also the sixth uh, tight end in total yards at 808 yards. So it didn't all just become uh, just come from touchdowns. He did it, uh, you know, consistently as well through getting the ball and doing something with it. So, yeah, uh, he's in a great offense. Uh, Amari Cooper's leaving, which opens up targets. So, yeah, I, I think with him and his age and his situation, I've got to put him at seven. He's, he's in a really good spot. So um, the guy coming up behind him at number eight is Pat Fryermuth. 
uh, did really well this past year, especially for a rookie tight end, uh, tight end 16 in points per game, tight end 13 overall. So almost a tight end one his first year out the gate. So really good job by him. Uh, even if he does see a little bit less, you know, um, you know, get a little bit less in the touchdown department, I expect him to get more yards and hopefully do a little bit more with the catches he has. But, um, but yeah, maybe he can get a little bit more deeper routes uh, going this year. So, but it is a concern that he only averaged like, I think like eight and a half or 8.7 yards per uh, catch. So I would hope he does a little bit more with it than that, but um, we'll see if his efficiency improves. Uh, a guy that I might need to put above fire moves. So we'll, we'll see. I'm expecting him uh, to do better this year, honestly, is Dallas Goddard. And he already did really well this last season, but he also doesn't have to worry about Zach Ertz at all this year. Um, I mean, he had 830 total yards in 15 games. So incredibly impressive that. And he, yeah, I don't know if I see him doing much worse in the situation he has. I mean, yes, they added A.J. Brown there, so that could hurt his target share. But it also will open things up over the middle for him, I feel. So at worst, he stays where he is. And where he was was, let me see, he was uh, tied in nine overall last year, which is exactly where I have him ranked here. So I feel like it's a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of the names you named are, are, you know, not, I'm not too far off for sure. Um, but yeah, Schultz having them that high, it's a little bit surprising to me, but he did have a really good season last year and you're right. Amari Cooper leaving. Uh, he's definitely, you know, young in age. Um, so yeah, I think maybe I, I could make an argument to knock him a couple spots higher than I have him, but uh, and before I get into that, uh, I think you are next to cover your next three guys. Yes. So wrapping up our last tight end ones here, I'll start off at number 10 with Mr. Dawson Knox um, playing with the Buffalo Bills. This guy is still young in age. He is only 25 years old right now. And uh, yeah, he averaged almost 11 points per game last year. It was pretty good. He had nine touchdowns. So that is the concern is he may have a little bit of touchdown regression, but he's also playing in a fantastic offense with a great uh, quarterback. So, yeah, I, I still think he can put up, you know, low end tight end one numbers for you this next year. Um, but he may have a little bit more like boomer bust going on with him as opposed to some of these other guys like Dallas Goddard's going to get a lot more yards. So he may be more consistent week to week. Um, Dawson Knox may be a little bit more boom and bust, but uh, he comes in at number 10 for me. Noah Fant comes in at number 11. Uh, this guy is still supremely talented. And, uh, yeah, I mean, last year he had uh, almost 700 total yards. Uh, didn't have enough touchdowns, only four there, but he's getting a massive upgrade in his quarterback department. And, yeah, he's still only 24 years old. So he's got a bunch of tread left on those tires, and I think the best is yet to come for him. So he's a guy I could see moving up my board um, as the season goes on. And then coming at number 12 for me, I will throw in our first rookie here, Mr. Trey McBride. I will go off the talent here and what he did in college. Uh, he really put it all together with his pro day, his numbers, um, and his production from his last year in college. So he's in a good situation being with the Cardinals, uh, especially, you know, they may need him to start off a little bit faster with them having Hopkins out. So he provides a big, big body that can do stuff with the ball in his hands and can be a big time red zone threat. So um, I'll go with the upside there and put Trey McBride in at number 12. Okay. Yeah, no, we do have some different guys in these rankings. Well, some of them similar, but uh, 
Yeah, so for me, I mentioned Dalton Schultz. He is my number 10. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't I don't blame you for having ranked higher than 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 me. Um I just I don't know if I buy into it. You know, it looked like Blake Jarwin was the guy starting over him, and then Blake Jarwin got injured and injured and he broke out and really shined. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that happens again. They didn't really they signed him to a big time contract. So I mean it's it's it looks like they're planning on him being that. So, you know, maybe I should start buying in a little bit more. But at 10, you know, still low end tight end one. I don't think the difference between any of the guys I named above him are going to be so great that it's going to really come back to bite me. Um, but um, at number 11, I do have a guy that you haven't mentioned yet and somebody that I'm a little bit higher on the consensus, but I see the opportunity, I see the age, and I see the pedigree, and it's Cole Komet. Um, Look, he's the second best receiving option on the Bears offense right now. He really is, and it's yeah, I think he's a good one. I mean, he he had some really good college tape and is a good blocker as well. He's a good he can stay on the field, you know, at all times pretty much. And uh, some good, really good tape camp coming out of uh, Notre Dame his rookie year. And uh, you know, I, I I think he has shown flashes. Now there was Jimmy Graham who was like catching all the touchdowns last year, so that really hurt him. But he still actually had a, a pretty decent season. Um, from a catch perspective uh you know he had 60 60 receptions uh and 93 targets so that's part of the issue is he had 93 targets which is a lot of targets but only 60 of them were caught and part of that was justin fields part of that was andy dalton neither of them were really doing great but uh yeah you know um i i think uh he also didn't oh he did have he had one touchdown wow no, he had zero touchdowns. No, so none, he, he had none. No touchdowns. So that was that was an issue. Again, the Bears' offense was absolutely abysmal, especially the end of the season. I don't think they're going to be quite that bad, but I don't think they're going to be that much better. But I do think his age and just the situation he's in kind of puts him above uh, number twelve, Dawson Knox, for me. I'm not buying into Dawson Knox, man. I mean, he's he's twelve. He's there, but he's one of these guys I'm probably not drafting at value because. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I, it was all, I mean, not all touchdowns, but largely touchdowns. He had nine last year. He only had 49 receptions. So that's a bonkers. That's like one seventh of his receptions were, were, were touchdowns. So I'm just not buying into it. Not to mention they also brought in OJ Howard this year. So um, I know that he's never really fulfilled his full potential. You know, there was a time where people thought he was the next top three tight end, but I still think he's going to be enough of a receiving threat if healthy uh, that it's going to cut into some of this work. And if Dawson Knox gets three or four less touchdowns, then which I think is very likely to happen this year, then, you know, he's all of a sudden tied in 15, 16, 17 places you don't want to be. So I'm not quite buying in, but I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. So I still have him just barely making it into my top 12 tight ends here. So uh, I'll recap my top 12 and you go ahead and can do the same after that. Uh, for me, it is Kyle Pitts at one, Mark Andrews at two, George Kittle at three, Darren Waller at four, Travis Kelsey at five, TJ Hawkinson at six, Dallas Goddard seven, Pat Fryermuth eight, Mike Kosicki nine, Dalton Schultz 10, Cole Komet 11, and Dawson Knox 12. Yes, and we both agree Kyle Pitts is the number one. Uh, two is Mark Andrews. Three, TJ Hawkinson. Four, Darren Waller. Five, George Kittle. Six, Travis Kelsey. Seven, Dalton Schultz. Eight, Pat Fryermuth. Nine, Dallas Goddard. 
10, Dawson Knox, 11, Noah Fant, and 12, Trey McBride. Nice. So, I, you know, there's not nothing really crazy difference there. I mean, there's some one or two guys that neither one of us ranked yet. But, uh, you know, for me, the two guys that I didn't rank that you had uh, are just coming up in this next tier that I'll get into here in a second. So, um, but yeah, I think the biggest argument or thing we can look out for in the season and say, ha you were right. I was wrong is basically, uh, is George Kittle and, uh, TJ Hawkinson, even that it's dynasty. So we still can't say, ha you're wrong. Maybe that's why we like dynasty. It's like, it's a never ending, like I'm not wrong yet. Yeah, <laughs> and there he hasn't caught a pass in a year. <laughs> that's why you're still holding on to hope for Clyde. Hey man, he's back in tight. It, <laughs> running back one now, or no two. Sorry, so not not crazy high on him, but higher than you, fair enough. So, all right, this next tier, guys. Um, I think all three of the guys I'm going to mention should have an argument for being in the top twelve. Um, so mm. two of them you did have in your top twelve, so not pushing back too much here. I know there's not as much disagreement as we have on some episodes so far this episode, but number 13, it's Noah Fant. Um, mm. You know, he's coming into Seattle. He was a first round draft pick. You know, a lot of these, I think he's pretty much the only one of these guys out since. Oh, I don't know. TJ Hawkinson, his, his teammate, his college teammate. So yeah, it's been seven guys since we've talked about a first rounder here. So Still has a lot of talent. Obviously, he's not with a team that drafted him in the first round, and obviously the team, the Seahawks, looks like they're going to be not good. So, um, you know, it's it's a little bit risky there, but he's very young. He's He is very athletic, and he's another guy that can do a lot after the catch, unlike the Dawson Knoxes and, you know, the Pat Fryermuth. So, um, you know, still a lot of reason to have some upside on him. But, you know, again, he's another one of these guys at value, sixth, seventh round where people are drafting him. Usually I'm probably not just, I'm just not taking a tight end there. So, um, unfortunately, I probably won't see a lot of him. Trey McBride is a guy I will have a lot of because of rookie drafts coming in at 14. Uh, you know, it's just sucks because I don't think he's going to put together a very usable season this year with Zach Ertz there. But obviously the future's still bright. I love him as a prospect. Once Zach Ertz is gone, it's great being with, we presume Kyler uh, is a, is a great quarterback to be attached to. And obviously guys like D hop uh, are going to be dropping off here t- sometime soon. So they're going to need guys to step up and replace that. And I think that's the plan uh, for Trey McBride. And I think he has the talent to do it. And at number 15, this is the guy you were right about from the beginning from our rookie breakdowns. And he wasn't on my list, but he's in a great opportunity with the trading of his teammates. And he has a great quarterback, and it's Albert O. Albert Okuwebenam, I believe. Um, I I think he does have the talent that, you know, when Drew Locke was the quarterback, whatever games that happened last year and the year before, there was a real connection. You know, they played together in college, and he was really kind of targeted more than people thought. And honestly, it hurt Noah Fant at times because uh, Albert O was really showing out. So I think he's going to have the opportunity. Obviously, this is another one of those teams where there's just so many weapons. Obviously, the brand-new quarterback, it's really hard to project the the Broncos' offense. Also, a new offensive coordinator and head coach. Mm. So it's really just what is the Broncos' offense going to look like? I can't really tell you. And I don't think many other people outside of the – Broncos organization can tell you so a lot of projection but I think he has a good opportunity coming up so he's gonna make it into number 15 there for me oh I really hate that you have him ranked higher than me that hurts (laughs) 
Uh, but I'm glad you've come around on Mr. O. Uh, yeah, his, his situation got better than I expected for sure. But uh, number 13 for me is Mr. Mike Gusecki. Uh, you covered a lot of the stuff about him. Uh, you know, he, he drops for me mainly because they added Tyreek Hill, who does a lot more things with the ball in his hands after the catch. So if you're going to give one of the two of them the ball, it's probably going to be Hill. So I think that might eat into Gusecki's target share and, you know, his ability to give you some of those boom games that he was having at the end of last year. Um, but, you know, he's still worthy of getting the ball and he'll definitely be a mouth to feed in that offense. It just might be a little bit smaller piece. Uh, coming in at number 14 for me is Cole Komet. Uh, I liked him coming out of college. He's, you know, a very good talent. He's just in a terrible offense with a bad situation and a bad quarterback, if I'm being honest. But that, uh, you know, we've seen in the NFL how quickly things can change and to bet on talent uh, more than just focusing all on situations. So uh, Cole Komet, I think, is still worthy of a shot here, and he could end up being a tight end one for you, especially if his situation improves and they get a good quarterback and good uh, offensive coordinator in there. Uh, and 15 for me is Hunter Henry. He's a guy that I think is in a good situation. The Patriots really didn't add a whole lot as far as receivers go, um, especially guys that will, you know, trouble him in that role. Taekwon Thornton is more a downfield, you know, speed guy, whereas Hunter Henry will eat in the middle of the field, and he's also a big-time uh, touchdown threat. So, yeah, and I think he's, you know, working with a quarterback that is really good at, you know, getting his players the ball in space and making them make plays. So that's why uh, he had nine touchdowns last year, and that's why he finished as the tight end eight overall. So I think he could be a fairly consistent tight end one as long as he's healthy and playing with Mac Jones because he's still only 27 years old. So Hunter Henry might be a guy that we're all underrating here, but uh, I have him at 15. Yeah, and if you're underrating him at 15, I'm underrating him much more. Uh, well, uh, I have him at 19, but uh, let's, uh, you know, we did our top 15 there. So uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do one more tier and then we'll just throw in guys after that if there's anybody else you want to touch on. But um, yeah, go ahead and you get into this last little tier here. Yeah, uh, Alberto comes in at number 16 for me. It's a lot of the same things you said. I've, I've liked the guy for a long time. He's a really talented player, and it seems like the Broncos believe in him because they're okay trading away fans to the Seahawks. So he's in a good well, situation. For us. I mean, I, I don't know. But oh, I'm yeah, gonna... yeah. No, but it's like they didn't, they didn't like go after a piece to like immediately. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're letting him be the starter. Yeah, that's um, The only thing is Russell Wilson typically hasn't been like you know, a, a tight end's dream as far as a quarterback goes. He normally doesn't target them a ton. I think some of that's probably his height and having trouble seeing over the middle of the field. Um, you know, he's he's not one of those guys that's six foot six and can see over the line and sees the middle of the field as clearly as some others. He typically scrambles and finds windows. So that might be why, but he's not the best with tight ends. Um, so Alberto falls to 16 for me for that reason. Uh, number 17 is David Njoku, uh, the guy who, you know, is a lot of promise and not a ton to deliver, but, you know, we're still holding on to hope. He's still relatively young. Uh, he turns 26 this uh, in July. And, yeah, it's just with the amount of money the Browns have spent on him, it seems like his value is fairly high. So I'm going to follow the money there and hope that he can finally deliver. But uh, he does – fall a bit for me because you know if Deshaun Watson was his quarterback this year and was guaranteed to be playing the whole year then Njoku would be higher for me but uh, that's that's far from assured at the moment but 
Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that situation. And then at number 18, Jelani Woods, the second rookie for me. Uh, this guy is an absolute freak as far as a size speed combo st- standpoint. He, from a speed score, I think only Chig Okronkwo was uh, better than him out of like the fantasy relevant tight ends that were taken. Uh, he has third round pedigree, was taken by the Colts. And yeah, I, I think he's in a good situation. Probably not going to give you a ton of return his first year, but playing the long game here, he's a, a freak athlete who's six seven and can just take the ball off the tops of corners in the end zone. So uh, I, I think he can be a touchdown magnet. So uh, get him there at number 18. All right. Yeah, I like it. You know, one thing I've noted, one theme I've noticed over, uh, you know, this rankings segment, the last four episodes we've done, dynasty ranking segment is mm-hmm. uh you seem to be consistently higher on this rookie class not i mean the wide receivers i'd say we were we had you know different names maybe but around the same places but you know i think you had more running backs you had like six or maybe even seven rookie running backs and then mm-hmm. you know you have jelani woods here and i think you had kenny pickett higher as well so yeah i think yeah you're just overall a little bit more optimistic about this rookie class and i think part of it is some of the times with the rookies, there's always the the unknown upside, whereas there's some guys where we might just know who they are at this point. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, and it's like, you know, even with David Njoku, like I feel like I kind of know what he is, but there's still a little bit of hope because um, mm-hmm. he has had some really big games. But, yeah, it's like, you know, like Jelani Woods or another guy I want to mention as an honorable mention, like Greg Dolchich. Those guys have the ability to be really dynamic receivers and they have like the athleticism to be, you know, difference makers at tight end. So I'm um, I'm willing to bank on like their upside more than some some of the other guys on this list. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a good argument. But yeah, I, I don't have uh, any more rookies to talk about. I mean, I think mm. the next one I have is Jelani Woods, but he's at 22 for me. So mm um further down it uh, you know i just i'd like to see it and i still i like mo alley cox so that is the other mm-hmm. the other part of that that differs for us but um so yeah for me where we at 16 i do have mm-hmm. david and joku coming in at 16 so yeah you know obviously deshaun watson you know it looks like they're going after a year uh, we kind of have a slight update on this almost every episode and it's kind of tiring at this point but yeah um it's uh, today is that the hearing is going to continue tomorrow which will be (laughs) thursday Thursday, the 30th of june no real news to report but it does look like that is going to take a knock for the whole browns offense but even last year i mean uh he has some real upside i mean he's a real athlete he had a game where he had seven catches for 149 yards including a 71 yard house call so mm-hmm. it's like not many tight ends are going to run 71 yards after getting the ball. And I started him. That was the only game <laughs> last year I started him and it worked. That's, that's funny. Yeah. There was a couple more games where he was startable, but that yeah. was certainly the only one where he scored 28 points, fantasy points yeah. in PPR that, that game. So uh, he definitely, you know, was, was an outlier and he scored even more points if you were playing in tight end premium, which you probably mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so for me, I'd still like that upside in it. Tight end 16. I mean, what are we doing? What are we even talking about? Mm-hmm. Why are we even talking about these guys, right? Sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, next we got, no, not really. I mean, you know, these are guys I'm willing to take the shots on. Honestly, I'm going to have a lot more of these guys than I do the Dalton Schultz and Dalton Knox, uh, da- Dawson Knoxes because, like I said, if I'm missing out on the top tier of guys, these are the guys I'm, I'm ending up drafting, to be honest. So 
uh, I'll give them their respect. Uh, at 17, this is another guy that I'm probably too high on, but I've liked him since college. And uh, it's my tight end three from last year's class. So uh, last year's tight end class is looking very well. It's Mr. Brevin Jordan. Uh, he has no competition. If you look at that tight end but I mean, they have a lot of names, but he's the only one that has any draft capital. He's the only one that has any previous success in that offense. Davis Mills seemed to like him a pretty good bit once he took the reins. Uh, so I, I think he has a chance to be a pretty significant target. I mean, I don't think he's going to be game to game dependable. Um, but you know, if the if 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 the Houston Texans off- offense surprises this year and Davis Mills really is like what his highest upside could be. I mean, it could mean really good things for Brevin Jordan. And uh, so I'm willing to take the shot on him there. I have him in a lot of leagues, uh, mostly as a tight end three, but in some cases as a tight end two. So, uh, you know, I think he's a good guy to have there at 17. And then at 18, man, it's so hard. This man was once the next, he was Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts was even known but he has not lived up to that potential past his rookie year, but it's Evan Ingram. He's going to a new team, a new situation. Trevor Lawrence needs somebody. And honestly, he might be the best weapon they added this off season, unfortunately for the Jaguars. So, uh, I think he's going to have a good opportunity this year. I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has to score points thrown to somebody. Uh, you know, I, I think it'll largely probably be, um, Fuck, who did they bring in? Christian Kirk. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but you know, I think he'll. they're going to try to make him based off the money they paid him, the guy. But they also paid uh, Evan Ingram a significant amount of money. He got that Jacksonville tax because nobody wants to go there unless they're throwing waddles of cash at him. But, uh, but you know, I think he's going to have the opportunity based on that. And, obviously, he's another guy that has shown it. You know, I think he was tight in five his rookie year. And up until Kyle Pitts broke it this year, he was the, the best rookie season as far as yardage uh of all uh, since mike dicka i think so yeah um so yeah very you know that's a 20 year 25 year gap there so big uh has has the pedigree it's, and hopefully the situation will be beneficial to him the jaguars offense is going to be another one that's kind of hard to project just based off of how bad they were last year the new coaching situation will really see the difference in you know a horrible coach versus a capable coach and hopefully the offense uh, you know, shows that, but yeah, that's the last guys I'm going to talk about here. If I had any throw-ins, um, the next guys I have here, I have Hunter Henry, Irv Smith, Adam Troutman next. Um, you know, none of those guys I'm too thrilled about. I, I understand you being higher on Hunter Henry. He had a really hot start. I'm still just a little weirded out by the whole, I know that Johnny, I'm not ranking Johnny, but he's there. And he once was a really good pass catching option. So I'm still a little weirded out by that, but I do think Hunter Henry will clearly be the number one guy. It's just last year, he really dropped off. He had a really good spurt in the middle of the season. I think he had five games with a touchdown in every game. And then he kind of just wasn't consistent after that. And I'm not sure what the reason why was, but um, we will see. So yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got to say about the tight end position. Nate, you can close this out with your last guys. Yeah. Wait. Did you already give him? I gave him, but just a couple of honorable mentions here, okay. and then we can uh, recap. Um, I'll, I'll throw in, you know, Irv Smith was another guy I would also mention. I think he's still only 23 years old, so he's still got plenty of life left. 
Uh, Brevin Jordan as well. I really liked him coming out, still do. Uh, Hayden Hurst playing with the Bengals. I, I really like that. He's an athletic player. He can really, you know, shine with Joe Burrow. So I think Hayden Hurst might be getting slept on. You have, um, a, you have his age? If not, I can look it up. Uh, he's 28, I believe. Okay, okay. It's, yeah, it's, um, it feels like he's been around for a long time, but 28 is not bad. Yeah, it's not horrible. I, I'll look it up. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Yeah, he is 28. He will turn 29 in August. Okay. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Evan Ingram comes in uh, at what, what would be 23 for me. Uh, just, I mean, he's kind of showing you what he is at this point. He in yards – per game last year total yards per game he had 27 and which was ironically 27th amongst all tight ends so he's just yeah i just kind of lost faith in the guy and, and that was probably the second highest average on his team <laughs> well that's the thing is like the giants were so devoid of receiving threats and he still couldn't do anything so yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to be beating out Christian Kirk or probably even Zay Jones for catches. Um, then at 24, I'll have a sleeper pick, which is Chig Okonkwo uh, for the Titans. This guy was by far the fastest tight end at the Combine, uh, even faster than uh, his wide receiver teammate, Traylon Burks. And he's been getting a lot of rave reviews in practice. So, you know, they did make Jonu Smith shine a little bit in that offense, and he offers a similar skill set, but with way more athleticism. So, um, I think he could be a good sleeper pick there. All right. Yeah, man. Well, that is the tight end position. We'll recap real quick. So for my tight end twos, or at least some of them, uh, <laughs> I have uh, Noah Fan at 13, Trey McBride at 14, Albert Okuwebenam at 15, David Njoku at 16, Bre- Brevin Jordan at 17, Evan Ingram at 18, and I'll stop there. Hunter Henry, Irv Smith, Adam Trotman. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 13, Mike Gusecki for me. 14, Cole Komet. 15, Hunter Henry. 16, Albert Okwebenam. 17, David Njoku. 18, Jelani Woods. 19, Greg Dolchich. 20, Irv Smith. 21, Brevin Jordan. 22, Hayden Hurst. 23, Evan Ingram. And 24, Chig Okwunkle. That is all. How dare you give up on the Trout man? <laughs> Sorry, I ain't going for Look, they had no receiving threats whatsoever last year, and now they've added like Jarvis Landry, Chris. They also Olave. didn't have any, they also didn't have a passing threat last year. Well, I understand, but still, it's yeah, I, I don't believe in the trout man. Uh, you're a fool. It's so much fun to say his name. All right. Well, let's uh let's we had a little bonus topic here just because we know the tight ends isn't the the most glamorous topic and we wanted you guys to stick around to the end to hear a little bit of conversation that wasn't ranking so here is that um we're going to talk about some players maybe three or four players each that we're low on that maybe we didn't talk about in our rankings uh maybe we did but they were at the end of them or much lower than where everybody else has them uh but we feel like we're kind of we're nervous about it we feel like these are guys that uh, we could be wrong about. And the purpose of this exercise is so that if we are wrong about the guys we rank low, then we can direct you to this episode and say, no, look, I actually kind of wasn't low because I wanted to be high, but I wasn't. So bada bing, bada boom, we're never wrong. I, um, I wasn't thinking about it that way, but now I know your motives. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So yeah, uh, Nate, you want to start us out and give us a player that you have ranked low? Uh, you can, you know, if you have the ranking for them, fair enough. If they're so low that you didn't get that far, you know, whatever, but, uh, and you know, why you feel like you're a little worried about it. 
Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start with Debo Samuel uh, just to you know make you feel a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, I had him ranked at wide receiver nine in startup uh, wide receivers rankings that we did uh, last week. Yeah, it's you know I, I like Debo and I, I love watching him play, but I do have concerns about how much he'll get used as a runner going forward. And as I said in our episode, you know he really only had last year as like you know an elite producer at his position. Um, if you look at him in 2020, he was wide receiver 44 in points per game. 2019, he was wide receiver 38 in points per game. So last year was his first time really cracking, you know, that, you know, anything above uh, wide receiver four. So I just need to see it again. And he's also having quarterback change. So that's concerning. So, yeah, I just um, uh, would like to see it. But he's a guy that can definitely prove me wrong. And he has the talent to do so. So Debo would be my first mention. All right. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So none of the guys I'm going to mention are like quite ranked that high, but no, yeah. I mean, yeah, you are much lower on them than consensus and probably at wide receiver nine, you're probably just not getting them on most of your teams. So uh, oh, I, yeah, you know, I, I would venture to say you're going to regret that, but you know, we will see. I'm glad you put him in here. I don't put a guy in that I'd be interested to hear where you're at on him at this point. You were once much higher on him than me, but he wasn't on either of our top 36 wide receivers. And that man is Mr. Kadarius Tony. Um, I have Kadarius Tony at wide receiver 40. Um, a lot of people have a much higher than that. A lot of people I've seen him as high as like a back end wide receiver too. Um, so, and I understand, I mean, look, people are addicted to this game right here. Let me PPR. Uh, yeah, the, the 29.6 game he had, uh, where he had 10 receptions, 189 yards and, uh, on no touchdowns, but the 189 yards and 10 reception made up all the fantasy points you could dream of. So, uh, you know, but other than that, he wasn't that, I mean, he had one 14 point game and one 11 point game, but everything else was pretty much a bust. Uh, if, if he played, he, you know, there was a lot of games he didn't play. And the, the thing about him is he has so many off the field antics. He's kind of a knucklehead. Like he, uh, has problems, didn't get the playbook. Like the rest of the team had the playbook and he didn't have the playbook. And I remember when he came in the league, he had a problem with his shoes and didn't want to practice unless he got the shoes he wanted. And, uh, he, uh, I think he got on a, in a fight or some kind of suspension happened at the end of his career at Florida. Uh, so, you know, he's a, a little bit of a, you know, uh, just character, but not in a good way, kind of like an Antonio Brown character minus the criminal allegations. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, for me, that, that makes me bump him lower, but as far as the upside and I mean, who else is going to be the wide, I mean, Sterling Shepard maybe, but he's always going to be the wide receiver one for the giants. And he, I mean, he might be in stretches, but it's never really happened in the way that it's supposed to. So. Yeah. And didn't Shepard like tear his Achilles? He did at some point in the season, but I mean, I actually saw some hype about him that he's supposed to be the Giants wide receiver one this next year. But um, I don't know. You can look up if he's supposed to start at the beginning of the season, but I, I, it wasn't an end of the season tear if it was. So, um, and I think it was just an ACL, but yeah, you can, you can double check all that for me, but I'm talking about Mr. Kadarius Tony, and I'm definitely worried about how low I have him, but at the same time, I have what I feel like are good reasons Sorry, but it it was an Achilles tear, and it was in December. Okay, so it was towards the end of the year, but not like some of these guys, like week 16 or anything. Uh, But, yeah, uh, maybe maybe Shepard won't even be there at the beginning of the year, but 
I have to believe the day is going to make something happen. It's just like, he has very little explosive weapons and this is certainly one he has. So hopefully Kadarius Tony can get on the straight and narrow and my wide receiver 40 projection will seem way too low, but that's where I have him currently. Yeah. I mean, he literally just came out outside of the rankings we did. I mean, I had Gabe Davis at 38. Kadarius Tony was just above him at 37. So, yeah, I mean, Tony, it's the upside with him is there's no question about it, but I do need to see it happen consistently on the field before I can put him above guys like even like Brandon Cooks, because I know Brandon Cooks is going to be a wide receiver, too, like as long as he's going to play. So, right. But you uh, would admit that you would admit that our rankings now, if you have them at 37, I have them at 40 are much closer than they, they were at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean. Yeah, part of that is, too, like, this rookie wide receiver class has also pushed him down a whole bunch. Like, and I think I had a bunch more of those guys ranked up there compared to you. Like, did you have Christian Watson in your top 36? Um, no, I had that... a, the last the last guy to make it in my top 30. Number 36 for me is Sky Moore. So. Did you have George Pickens in there? Nope. Oh, see, see. Yeah. yeah. So part, part of that is the reason why. Um, but, um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, there's people I've seen people say that, uh, uh, you know, they they haven't ranked as high as a wide receiver too. So definitely a big gap in in where a lot of people are at with him. He's pretty divisive. But um, all right, well, who's the next guy you got for us? Uh, yeah. So next guy up for me is going to be, you know, I I did a little bit more high end guys here because I do have them ranked a good bit lower than consensus, and one of those guys would be Joe Mixon. Um, this is another guy that he's, I have him RB 14 in startup, but a lot of people have him as like a surefire take him in the first round of startups. Uh, you know, he's going to be a top in RB one. So, um, the fact that he's on the offense, he is like, I could see he, he, like, he has the ability to have a 20 touchdown season. It's just, will it happen? I don't know if it ever will, but he's, he's proven that he has the talent. I just don't know if he's going to get the touches, but the offense is only going to go up from here. So that's why I think I might be raking him way too low, not having to miss a tight as RB one, but I got to see it. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how big your gap is. I mean, you don't have to answer it now, but how big the gap is for redraft rankings with you too. I mean, he's not that he's old, just maybe you don't think it's going to happen year over year as much, but, mm. um, but yeah, no, I love Joe Mixon. I had him as six or seven in my rankings. So definitely that's a difference between you and I for sure. So um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, again, I'm going more low end guys here. I guess it's good to cover all the, all the spectrum of guys. So uh, Nate's Nate's the top on the bottom. It seems uh, tonight, unfortunately, every night. <laughs> so uh so yeah, for me, it's Rashad White. Um, this is both how, where I had him ranked as a rookie and then also where I have him ranked in my overall rankings. I've seen people have him ranked as high as uh, their, their running back three. And I don't think it's a horrible argument. I really don't. He's a really good running back. I had him as my, wider, uh, as my uh, running back four uh, coming out of college uh, before the draft. Um, so really high on him, but he did drop all the way down to running back seven in this class for me. And, uh, you know, as far as my top 36 running back rankings, he wasn't even in that, but I think there's a solid case for him to be a top 36 dynasty running back. Um, it's, it's really just going to come down to how, how much of that pass pass work he inherits and how long 
uh, Leonard Fournette is, you know, playing the way he did this past season. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think there's a solid, solid chance that that's way more of a committee than we think this year and his pass catching load. And maybe if he gets a couple of touchdowns here and there, you know, makes him, uh, you know, much more usable. And at the end of the year, I might, might feel sad that I had him ranked as low as running back seven in this class, uh, especially when I originally had him ranked at four, but he just dropped because I felt like other guys had slightly better landing spots or not as good competition as Leonard Fournette and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's tough, but I've been wrestling with that even since our rookie rankings. And, uh, you know, I think Rashad white is somebody I'm a little bit worried about being wrong about. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I've, after he got drafted and everything, I moved him down to RB eight in his class. Mm. Um, and a lot of that is just due to Fournette and Fournette got the contract and, you know, talent wise, I think Fournette is definitely the better player. And by the time I, he's gone, you know, Rashad White's going to be probably like 25, 26 um, at the youngest. So that is a little bit concerning, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Like he could surprise me, especially like with Fournette showing up, looking like the Michelin man at training camp, right. uh, looking about 15, 20 pounds overweight. If that's the, ever the case, then White will definitely bump up for sure. So yeah. good choice there. Um, right. Yeah. Another guy I'm going to mention and this may sound like a super high-end name, and I guess he kind of is, but I really didn't have him that way, is Antonio Gibson, because I had him at RB30 in our startup, because I just, I think uh, Brian Robinson is trouble. I think uh, they have kind of said what they're going to do based on the moves they made. I literally just saw uh, Micah actually texted me a report while we were doing the podcast that, uh, there's a report that Brian Robinson has a good chance of stealing away goal line touches from Gibson, which I think is definitely the case. And they re-signed J.D. McKissick. So there goes a lot of like receiving work that he could be getting. But, um, you know, I'll mention him because he's had two really good uh, years, his first two years in the league. And he's like, he's had some injuries, but he's typically played through them and put up, you know, good numbers throughout. I just, you know, from a real football standpoint, I think the coaches aren't as high on him as the fantasy community is, and that's why they've made the moves they have, and he's probably going to take a diminished role from here on out. But, you know, he, he has the talent, I think, to prove me wrong. I just um, yeah, I, I just don't like the situation he's in. Yeah, no, 30 is quite low. I mean, I had him, I think, at 13 or 14, so that's a big gap for us for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still in on Gibson. I mean, I uh, I understand that there's two other guys there that are going to get some work. But I think, you know, again, I'm not – I think he's going to get most of the work. I think he's going to get most of the first and second down work. I think he will get his fair share of goal line carries, and maybe Brian Robinson will be a goal line vulture in some cases, and I'm sure that will happen and make me mad on the weeks that it does. But – uh, but, you know, I still think he'll be a very dependable running back. I think he'll still, you know, be averaging right there in the, you know, 13 to 15 points per game range that's very dependable and that, you know, you want to start from a week-to-week basis. So as far as his overall finish, I mean, he'll probably, in my mind, finish outside of a top 12 running back, but he hasn't the first two years. So it'll be interesting uh, if, if, if uh, you know, if he continues to work at that pace and, 
if he continues to put up these these great numbers and do as well as he has, I mean, I don't think they're going to have a reason to go away from him, but uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's a good one to bring up for sure. You're def- you're right. It is a more of a high-end guy for a lot of us, but for you, he barely made your running back rankings uh, episode, so, so definitely a big gap there. Um, all right, well, the guy I got to finish up is the guy that you're going to be higher on, and we've talked about a little bit in our quarterbacks episode, but it's Jameis Winston. It's Jameis Winston. He's quarterback 28 for me, which in dynasty is just, I mean, in any, in any, in super flex period. I mean, it's just like at that point, those are guys that could be streamable, not in dynasty, but like in redraft, even in super flex, you know? So uh, pretty low on him. Um, I just, he's so up and down to me. I know he had the great 30 for 30 season or whatever. I mean, it wasn't great, but you know, fantasy points wise, it was great. Uh, but I just, I don't really believe he didn't look that good to me in the games he played last year. Uh, they, but here's the thing. They added a lot that he has a lot more weapons to work with this year. Uh, you know, hopefully Michael Thomas will be there. Chris Olave is there now. Alvin Kamara is getting some talk that he's going to get suspended for the first six games. So that's a big blow. I mean, to me, that's not unlike the Carolina Panthers losing Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's not quite the degree, but it's, it's not too far off from that. So that is going to hurt the offense in the rush game. And it'll be interesting to see if they try to bring in anybody else. Cause I honestly can't name the, the saints backup running back right now. Can you, uh, didn't they resign Mark Ingram? That might be the case. Yeah. I he believe might. they brought him back and I'm not sure if Tony Jones is still on the team. Um, yeah. I don't know if he is either. Yeah. So it's just, it looks pretty bad after the death trap there. They're going to have to figure something out. I imagine, but I do think Jameis Winston obviously has the potential to be a guy that you want to plug in week to week and that you're starting every week. So definitely why quarterback 28 would be way too low in that case. Um, And part of it might be my state's hatred bias. I understand that, but Jameis just didn't look that good outside of the one or two games where he really exploded to me last year on the field. Now I know his fantasy numbers were, were fine for the most part. Me and Nate kind of had a discussion about that in our quarterbacks episode, but um you know, I, I think that uh, I could end up being wrong about him, and I'm willing to admit that he's not terribly old. So if he is is the Saints quarterback for the next five years and manages to win games for them, then uh, I'm definitely going to be wrong on that. Yeah, and I, I'll just push back a little bit in that, like, I thought he looked good last year. Like, in the seven games he played, he had 14 touchdowns and three interceptions, which is a big improvement, which is what from what we've seen in the past. I mean – you stretch that out over 17 games, that's what, 34 touchdowns and of like seven interceptions. That's a really good year. So I uh, I see it with him, and I think his weapons are only going to get better. I mean, even though they might lose Kamara for the first six weeks or so, I mean, Chris Ola- I mean, he had nothing last year when they were playing. He's going to have Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, maybe Michael Thomas, but even just those first two guys are going to make a world of difference. So, And he's only 28 years old, so there's, there's plenty of gas left in the tank if he does figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I get it. I mean, he, and he did have games where he looked good. Um, I'm trying to find his overall completion percentage. Uh, yeah. Me. His completion percentage wasn't great. Again, he wasn't throwing to much, but it was 59%. Yeah. Right. So yeah, below 60 is not great for an NFL quarterback. I mean, for even for a college quarterback, to be honest. So, uh, you know, that, that, that is what I mean, but I just don't think he looked that good as a quarterback. He wasn't getting the ball downfield. 
Um, and uh, outside of the game, uh, even the game that he had, it was mostly red zone touchdown passes, if I remember correctly, uh, with, with the five or six touchdown game. But that's the thing. He's liable to have those five or six touchdown games at any point, and it could be a terrible streak, and then he explodes and has a great streak, and he's done that throughout his career. And so uh, that's part of it, too, is a little bit of a headache to know when to start, I think. Uh, but he could very well prove me wrong and be a week-to-week start like he was the one season where he was a fantasy god, but um, well, if you're gonna knock him for completion percentage, then Trey Lance had a 57.7. So you just take that to the bank, Junior. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. He had Debo and Kittle. <laughs> well, and he also had like three games. Well, I guess and Winston had six or seven. It's not not. Yeah. But... All right. Well, you got any more for us, or are you ready to close out the episode? I'm I'm all done. That's all. That's all I got for you today. All right. Same here, guys. We appreciate you tapping in. Appreciate you rocking with us. Episode 76 in the books. Next week, we're going to have a very special episode, so be sure to tune in. We're going to have our first guest. It is uh, my good buddy Josh Walker on Twitter. That is Rotonaut. You can go ahead and follow him. And he's a fantasy writer, um, and he's a fantasy player. We're in leagues with him. And uh, we're going to just uh, cover some topics, uh, some uh, you know, important, important topics like, uh, you know, values, busts, and our top dogs in Dynasty. So it's going to be a fun episode. We're going to really dig into the guys that we're in on and we're out on and uh, hear another perspective than just me and old Nate here going back and forth about guys like Traylon and uh, Trey Lance every episode. So, uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to mix it up in that way. And, uh, we're, we're really excited to, to try out this new format with a guest. So be sure to stick around. Uh, it took us 77 episodes for a guest, but we, we got it. So I'm, I'm happy to have a third man as a tiebreaker. So yes, be fun. yes, yes. We missed that a lot. So, uh, well, all right guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, click the bell on spotify whatever the the things yeah whatever the action that helps us look good is do it and we will appreciate you forever um like i said tune in next week it's going to be really interesting we're going to break off from our rankings episode if you're if you're tired of hearing our rankings then uh, we're going to get into some uh, different topics here coming up so stay tapped in we appreciate y'all for nate this is josiah fantasy dogs out